Welcome to World's Wonders, a podcast by the Winding Rivers Library System, where we host lively and informative conversations about topics of interest to libraries in western Wisconsin and the world. And now, our next World's Wonders. Welcome to our first and inaugural Winding Rivers Library System podcast. I'm Christian Anderson, the director of the Winding Rivers Library System. And I'm Brooke Newberry, the collaborative consultant. And today we're talking with a representative from a neighboring system library about their decision to go fine free. And today we are talking to Paula Stanton, who is the circulation manager at the L.E. Phillips Memorial Public Library in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. She joined the library profession four years ago, and she stereotypically likes cats and reading, but hates quiet in a library. <laughs> so welcome, Paula. We are so excited to have you here Thank today. Thank you. I'm excited to be here for your first podcast. Wonderful. So let's get started. First, we would just love if you could tell us a little bit about your library. Yeah. So I'm from the Ellie Phillips Memorial Public Library, lots of words, which is the public library in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. Um, we have a population in town of just over 68,000. So Eau Claire's uh, kind of an urbanish environment, um, but we also serve the rural outskirts as well as customers from farther a few a field who may be visiting Eau Claire or the air quotes city as they call it. Our library is located downtown. Um, the downtown area in Eau Claire is pretty awesome. It has a really vibrant creative economy, um, lots of happening things going on. Uh, we've got cool farmers markets and local artists and art walks. So it's a really cool place for a library to be. More specifically about the library, been in a period of change for these past several years. We've added a maker space. We're working on a building expansion project right now. Um, we have a lot of new members of our management team, which is great. Um, we've enacted several policy changes, including going fines free. We've added a book bike, which is kind of like a little mini bookmobile that we pedal around. Um, we've also added a books on buses program. And we've increased our outreach and community resources staff. And we've also added self-checks. So in the past two-ish years that I've been there, there's been a lot of changes happening. So that's a really cool place to work. Wonderful. And can I ask, what is your favorite thing about your library? Oh, man. I don't even know. I think my favorite thing, and I hear this a lot when I do performance conversations with my staff, is that I love the people I work with. You hear that a lot when you like go interview for a job that, oh, it's a team environment and we're all team oriented. And then you like work somewhere and you're like, no, no, we're not. <laughs> um, not that we don't get along. But at Eau Claire, we really do work as a team. We have a lot of great team members. It's a fun place to work. Um, everyone's very supportive of everything you do. So it's just a really great team that I'm a part of, and I'm very happy to be there. Wonderful. Excellent. And Paula, have you been able to drive the book bike? I have been able to Excellent. drive the book bike. Um, our book bike, actually, we don't have designated staff for it. You just kind of volunteer and say, hey, I'm interested in working on the book bike, and here's how many shifts I'll take. Three hours a piece kind of is generally what the shift is. So I do um, two shifts each month in the summer, and it's just a nice little thing. I get to go to the farmer's market. That's my favorite one because <laughs> we're encouraged to, like, talk to people and do a lot of outreach. It's not necessarily just sitting there and waiting for people. Um, so part of my outreach is always, you know, getting sugar snap peas or cinnamon bun and <laughs> eating that and telling everyone how delicious it is. 
Great, great, great. We might have to have you back to talk about the book bike. That sounds fantastic, fantastic. But back to Fine Free, um, how was the decision made to go Fine Free? Well, um, let's see here. So I started this position a couple Januarys ago, and I have always wanted to go Fine Free at the libraries where I've worked. I worked at the Cadat Public Library prior to working at Eau Claire, very small library, very attached to their fines budget, but I had like a five-year plan to go fines free incrementally um, that I had started while I was there. And so when I got to Eau Claire, I'm like, yeah, we're, I'm going to get us to go fines free eventually. So I went to our management team meetings. We have a management meeting twice a month, and I kind of ran it past my colleagues after I'd worked there for one month and was like, I want to go fines free. How do you guys feel about that? And in the library world, you know, you never know what you're going to get. Some people are very attached. Some people are very not attached. And I just kind of figured I'd get a mix of both. But everyone's like, good idea. Run with it. Hmm. And so that was great to have the support of all of my colleagues. So we kind of ran with it. The idea was to get... um, information, background information that we could present to the board, that we could present to the community to make sure that we had a solid strategy going into this and to also make sure that we had justification for doing this, that we weren't just getting rid of fines to say that we're fines free. So another convenient thing that went into this is we were also in the process of adding self-check stations at the time, which um, also kind of fell under my purview. And the equipment and software to add fines payment stations to the self-checks, like the little credit card swipey things and the putting in the dollars and change, costs so much money, so much money, just a ridiculous sum of money. Um, we are work with Sierra as our ILS. And um, for those of you who work with Innovative, you know that anytime you have to buy an API key, it's just an absolute stab in the eye. (laughs) Um, So uh, the API key for that was going to be really expensive, not to mention yearly maintenance um, to be able to accept credit cards. And we didn't want to have this new technology, but not be able to have it pay fines because a lot of people pay fines as they come in when you're in a fine system. You know, they have 10 cents, they have a dollar, whatever they want to pay. So as we were doing these two things at the same time, that was a really strong uh, point for going fines free because not only would it be good for our customers, but it would also save us this huge investment in these fines payment stations that went in with the self-checks. So those two things kind of went along. So our next step, we had a fines free committee that we formed and there were a few of us on there. And we kind of talked about what we wanted to present as our argument for going fines free, who we wanted to present it to, what the stages were. We had plans like A through E, you know, Mm -hmm. there's like the we want no fines on anything. We want no fines on children's material. We want no fines on all books. Like there were all different options that we could kind of go down those different paths depending on the support of the community and the support of the library board. One of the big things that we did uh, when we were making the decision to go fines free is we created an infographic that I believe I shared with Brooke and 
she'll make that available somewhere. Yes, we'll be sharing it on the website. Excellent. This infographic was an absolutely wonderful, wonderful thing for us to have as um, management and as we went to present this into the community. Um, And it was also a really wonderful thing for the library board to see in front of them. Um, I'm going to flip through my papers real quick. And the infographic that I brought with me, we had a couple key things on it. One thing that we put on there was 20% of Eau Claire library cards are blocked due to fines exceeding $10, which is our fines limit threshold. That's a really big number. So that was a big one that struck a chord with the board. Another big one was 63.5% of third graders test not proficient in reading in the Eau Claire Area School District. That's a huge number. Um, So between those two, those two pieces of information that were on our infographic sheet were kind of our key things that we um, shared with people, or at least they were my key things that I shared with people. They were big impact statements that you could use that are backed up with data. So we created this infographic. We had plans A through E. And um, we brought it to the board. So I didn't do this. Pamela, our lovely leader, did. I believe, if I remember correctly, how she brought this to the board was there's a Colorado study that's a fines-free study. Something like eliminating barriers to the library or something like that. Um, But if you Google Colorado (laughs) fines-free study, it'll come up. You can read it. It's great. We had the whole staff read it. And so what Pamela did is she brought that Colorado study to the library board at one meeting, said, look at it, think about it, we'll talk about it next time. So they had that going in um, to the first meeting. They came to the second meeting. They discussed it. They had this infographic in front of them. People like kids that can read, you know. People like customers that can actually come in and be customers. Um, And so the board uh, passed Plan A, which is awesome because then we didn't have to go to Plans B through E. Um, And we got fines free on pretty much everything. We say free-ish. We still have fines on a few pricey things. But, yeah, so... That was the whole story. And Paula, what um, you mentioned you have fines on pricey things. Can you elaborate a little bit on those items? Yep. So we circulate iPads and Wi-Fi hotspots. Both of those things are pricey. We have a two-week checkout period for those. We require people to bring them back to the circulation counter because they're electronics and you can't be dumping those in the book drops. Um, And so we do still have fines on those. They're very hefty fines. They're a $10 a day fine. Mm. We kept fines on those simply because of the price of the items and the fact that we, well, the Colorado study shows that like the little 10 cent fines don't entice people to bring things back. The $10 fines a day really entice people to bring things back. So we kept fines on those. Um, We also have very expensive uh, circulating kits um that are like dash and dot like makerspace kits mm-hmm. and those are sometimes in excess of two hundred dollars that we also have fines on and then we did this was something that we kind of went back and forth on um but we have a lucky day collection that's been around for about two years and for those of you not familiar with a lucky day collection we have one copy 
in our library that we circulate to the customers placing holds. And then we have another copy in our library that is just on the shelf. And if it's there, when it's there, it's your lucky day and you get to check it out. And we have a shorter loan period for those. So we have a three-day loan period for DVDs um, instead of a week. And we have a smaller limit. You can only check out three of them. And we still did keep fines on those simply because, well, there was a few reasons, but one of the big reasons was because the Lucky Day collection is still viewed by some in the community as kind of not so popular because it uh, isn't being circulated to those people with holds. And so we wanted to say, like, very clearly mark this Lucky Day collection as different from the regular collection. Mm -hmm. So... When we have new customers come in and we tell them we're fines free ish, um, <laughs> we're very clear to say everything on that green lucky day shelf has fines and all our kits have fines. So, and they are very understanding of that. Great. And do you recall um, roughly what the timeline was from the the point when your manager management meeting or management group started talking about this to when it was implemented? Do you remember the timeline? Yeah, um, it was almost a full year. Okay. We started in, so I brought this to the management team in February, and I was told to go back on my own and come up with some statistics and some numbers. I took about a month to do that. Um, we created, at that point, the next management meeting when I brought those numbers back, we created the Fines Free Committee of a few management team members. And that committee created, you know, plans A3 over the course of a couple months, gathered more information, put together, we didn't make it pretty, but this infographic, we put together the information on the infographic, took that to the, back to the committee, looked good, took it back to the whole management team. We also decided to, um, that it'd be really helpful for us. We have a strategic plan and uh, we like to be very aligned with that strategic plan. The city also has a strategic plan that anytime we can align with their strategic plan, that's a good thing. So on the back of the infographic, um, we took chunks of our strategic plan that going fines free would accomplish. And we explained that. Um, so that's on the back page of the infographic. All that was done, I want to say, like sometime in the summer. And then we were also doing self-check at the time. In the summer was kind of when we learned, too, that it was just going to be really expensive to take credit card payments at the self-check and fines payments at the self-check. So then we kind of had all our information. We were good to go. If I knew you were going to ask this, I totally would have looked at the old meeting minutes. But I want to say it was like in August or September that it went to the board and got passed. When it got passed, there was like surprisingly little hubbub about it. Um, no one really knew. It was on <laughs> it was on the agenda as a policy change because that is part of our circulation policy. So it was a circulation policy change. So I don't think any news organizations really picked that up, that that's what changed in the policy. You know how many people read the library board policies in the <laughs> library board packet? You don't? Um, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I don't know about the news organizations. Um, so we went fines free somewhere in the fall. Our budget process still had to be approved by the city. And that budget is without that fines income. Um, there were some other things that kind of helped us to kind of break even where we weren't going to need to ask the city for any additional funding. We um, were making up that additional funding. And so the 
budget still had to be passed before we could officially become fines free. So I want to say that got it passed in like November. Once that was passed, we're like, okay, we're going to fines free. It's going to be the first of the year. We needed it to be at the first of the year because it's a fiscal decision as well as a policy decision. Um, it would impact our budget. So um, for that reason, we started January 1st. We went fines free. I actually think that on like December 30th, um, one of my colleagues waived all of the fines because we waived all additional fines that were on everyone's cards. And so we got to hit the big orange button in mm. Sierra. It was super fun and made thousands of dollars of fines disappear. Um, so it took a whole year to go fines free, but it was well worth it. Okay, wonderful. So now that you've kind of uh, took us through the steps that your library took to go fine free, how did you start marketing this decision to your patrons? We, so there's a few things that kind of went into the marketing. The first thing that uh, I mentioned just now is we wanted to go fines free on January 1st because of the fiscal year, which made marketing a little bit of a challenge. We wanted to keep the secret, or not secret, but we wanted to keep it under wraps until the first of the year for the reason that we were a little bit scared that we get people coming in on December 27th saying, oh, I have fines over $10. I'm not going to pay them. I want to check out anyway. You're going fines free in a couple of days. Let's not worry about it. And we still had a budget year that we had to wrap up and we needed a certain amount of income to make that happen. So we didn't want that kind of customer backlash ahead of going fines free. So the, uh, like I said, there wasn't a lot of people that picked it up in the fall, but um, when the budget passed, the local news organizations, one of them did catch on to the, the fines free and wanted to do a story like in mid-December. And thankfully, we were able to talk to them and say, we will give you an exclusive story that you can print on January 1st. And um, so the news organization was really great and was like, okay, that sounds good to us. So um, we did a story with them and I think they did air that like the Sunday before we went fines free, but that's okay. It was front page news. So that was super exciting. And once that was front page news in the newspaper, um, we had local media, um, like film news crews come and do stories for us too, which was really great. We also did an email blast to all customers. We did a little create list trickery where we found all the customers who were blocked prior to us waiving all the fines, and we found all the customers who were now unblocked. So the ones who were blocked but now can come in. And we sent them an email blast that says, you know, we got rid of all fines. You haven't been to the library in a while, but now you should because you don't owe us any money or you owe us less than $10 and can check out. So that was really cool. What else did we do? Honestly, we probably should have marketed this a little bit more. I hear that from everyone who has ever gone fines free. I heard that from the people that I followed in their footsteps, you know, going fines free. Um, we created bookmarks to like stuff into books. We put it on our front page of our website. Um, and people just like weren't that excited, you know, or like weren't that understanding of what had actually happened they're like oh I don't owe money cool that's that's nifty and then they just like walk away we did later email blasts 
um, to everyone, you know, saying check out our new policy. We don't have fines. It's pretty cool. Um, we did a, like a three or five minute uh, YouTube video with our local um, television producers they came and produced a fines free video for us they ran it on um like the public television station and then it's also on youtube so we posted it you know on all our social media stuff like that so we did we marketed in all the ways that we would market anything else but i think that we could have done more things i don't know what those things could have been like i can't think of anything right now <laughs> but it definitely didn't catch on until later in the year like it was surprising that, you know, June would come and we had our summer reading people in and they're like, oh, I owe a fine. And we're like, no, we don't have fines on a majority of our materials, including all of our children's books. And they're like, what? When did this happen? And, you know, like they're just now finding out about it, even though they've been using the library for the past four months. Like, so a lot of people found out about fines free when they brought back a book that they thought they had a fine on and didn't have a fine on. Um, so I don't know what we could have done better, honestly, but I know we could have marketed more, <laughs> if sure. that answers that. Sure. So you mentioned that your management team was pretty enthusiastic about the idea at the get-go. Mm-hmm. What about the rest of the staff? Was there any resistance? Yeah. Yeah, surprisingly. So we had the management team and everyone was like, yeah, let's do this. And then... I'm the circulation manager, so I can really only speak for my staff. But um, when I brought this to my staff and said, here's what we're doing. Here's the Colorado study. Read this. Here's our infographic. Read this. They're like, how will the books come back? How will we ever have anything come back? People cannot keep library items for more time than their checkout. Like, it just it did not really sink in that all the positive benefits of this, they um, kind of went to that, we're going to have tons of people with items that are late. And that's kind of exactly where they went to, which I understand. So we asked everyone, or we shared the Colorado study with everyone. I asked all of my circulation staff to read it and, you know, kind of sign off that they read it. We gave this double-sided infographic to all circulation staff. Um, I think all staff had access to it as well. Um, And I asked my staff to memorize like three key speaking points from this because even if they weren't totally on board, they need to be able to speak to the customer about it. And so I had them pick, you know, their favorite three. And so like I know my favorite theory are, you know, 20% of people were blocked, 63% of kids are not proficient in reading, And then my other fact was that we shortened up the billing cycle. We had a 45-day billing cycle, and now we have a 21-day billing cycle. And that's for the people who are like, how will the books ever come back? So those were my big three. Had everyone memorize uh, their big three facts so that when they had people coming in, um, they'd be able to speak in an educated manner towards why we went fines free, what the benefits are, all that jazz. So that's kind of how we overcame that hurdle the biggest obstacle that we had to overcome was people just thinking that there wouldn't be books on the shelf and at the end of the day you know you give them all of the information and then you just say trust me there'll be books on the shelf like Mm. just see how it goes and it went and it's great so they love it now 
I don't have any doubters anymore. <laughs> <laughs> right. I think your your buy-in procedure was really interesting to give people those statistics and give them that knowledge and and also make them or help them appear um, well-versed in this topic. So I think that was a really smart implementation move. Yeah, I think that we do that anytime there's a big change, um, especially with desk staff. Um, you know, a Joe Schmo coming in off the street doesn't know whether they're talking to the library director or a library page. Like, most people just don't know. And so um, they'll bring up conversations with any library staff member about a number of things. So it's really important anytime we make a change that we want to go over well in the community that all of the staff that is public facing, well, all of the staff, but especially the ones that are public facing, have that information to share out so that they don't have to say, uh, let me give you someone's card and you can go ask them. You know, you want them to be able to answer those questions. Right. Or worse, they express any kind of hesitation or any yeah. concern and that really torpedoes what you're trying to accomplish. Yeah. So that sounds yeah. like an excellent The excellent last plan. thing we needed was someone coming in and saying, there'll never be books on the shelf. And then the staff going, I know, I, I feel the same way. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so the books on the shelf, you said, is kind of the biggest concern that you had from your staff members. But I'm curious, in this whole process, what was the biggest obstacle that you had in going fine free? If I had to put a biggest obstacle, I would honestly say, from my perspective as the circulation manager, it was the staff. It was just getting that buy-in and having that, like, those nerves going into the first of the year of, oh, please, staff, please, like, say nice things about this and and be able to... be convincing with the customers and stuff. Um, that was my biggest obstacle. I'm sure, depending on who you ask and what part they had in this, it would be different. I would assume our director would probably say, like, the city or the city, just getting it passed with the city. But for me, it was definitely the staff and just the worry that we had going in that um, we could come out of it in a positive light. So. And conversely, what's been the biggest reward? In this the endeavor? staff. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're always, like, so worried. And then when it turns out positive, it makes it even better, I think, right. for me. Like, anything that I struggle with and comes out in a good light, I'm like, yes, that's the best part. Uh, change someone's mind. Um, so the biggest reward for me is my staff. Uh, I'm the circulation manager. My staff, more than any other in the library, were getting those complaints of, I'm not paying that fine. I'm not paying that fine. But you still have to check me out. I didn't cause that fine. Someone else checked that out. It was under my kid's bed. That's not my fault. Like, you know, anyone who works at Circulation Desk has heard all the excuses. The time we spent, the stress that that caused, just the negative, negative interactions that you have with these people. And, you know, coming to the library and getting free stuff should be a positive experience for library customers. Like, it shouldn't be fraught with all of this uh, negativity and stress over how you're going to pay for the 20 books that were under your kid's bed for three extra days that you forgot about. Like, so I think for me, getting rid of that, and not saying that we never have negative interactions, that's part of the job, but our negative interactions have gone from a daily occurrence, like multiple times a day, to like a maybe weekly occurrence. Um, you know, we still charge for materials that are lost or damaged, so we still have people that respond negatively to that. But 
for the most part, the people coming in are coming in just to get books and they're happy to get books or DVDs or whatever else they may want to check out. But like they're happy. They're coming in. They're getting something. They're not having to give anything in exchange. And going from staff who was worried about the books being on the shelf, which, by the way, they're still on the shelf, um, to staff that now tell me, like, I can't believe we ever had fines. Like, that was such a rough time in my life. I mean, they don't say it like that. But um, (laughs) they say it more like, I don't have to have negative interactions with people. I don't want to go in the back and check in books for five hours straight because I'm sick of having negative interactions with people. Like, they're just happy that they get to come to work and deal with happy customers for the most part. And so I think seeing that, um, seeing the staff go from being so worried about the books to being so happy with their jobs is really, really rewarding for me. And going with the staff, it has freed up a lot of staff time to do other things, um, which is really great. We've been able to expand what we do in circulation to kind of a little bit more um, collection management, like making sure face-outs are full and making sure shelves are tidy and just being able to really maintain the library's appearance more, which is really nice um, because... Well, I didn't actually time how long negative interactions took with customers. I suspect they took a lot of time, and then taking in fines takes a lot of time. So um, when you get rid of all of that, you have a lot more time to do other things, which the staff really enjoy doing. We also have had um, some really happy people. So like I said, there there wasn't a lot like when we first went fines-free, you know, in the winter not a lot of people really noticed or you just tell them, oh, there's no fine. And they'd be like, oh, okay. Kind of confused and walk away. Like, I'm not going to tell them that there should be a fine because (laughs) I got away with no (laughs) fine today. But later, um, I would say creating cards for new people is really rewarding for me because we have like a little spiel that we give whenever we sign someone up for a new card. And that includes telling them about the library and some of the cool and unique things that make L.A. Phillips awesome. And um, most people include we're fines-free on a majority of our items in that spiel. And people are like, huh, what? I've never heard of this fines-free thing. And then you're like, well, it means that if you're a little late with your stuff, you aren't going to be punished with overdue fines. And they're like, oh my word, that's so cool. I'm going to check out 20 things. I came in for this one book that I'm writing a paper on, but now I'm going to check out 20 things because why not? And so that's just been really rewarding seeing those people go from like confused to just absolutely elated. And it's been a lot of those like 20-something age group people, um, which I don't know about other libraries, but we're always struggling to keep those 20-somethings in the building. Um, And so just to see their enthusiasm about Finds Free is really cool. Another big reward for me being the circulation manager is the increase in circulation. Um, We went through a lot of changes this last year, so I can't attribute it all to going Finds Free. However, we did see a 6.3% increase in circulation, which is just great. Amazing, Uh, actually. Yeah, yeah absolutely amazing. I was blown away by it. Um, It was really cool. And while I might not be able to attribute 6.3% of it to Fines Free, I'm certainly going to attribute maybe like three-ish percent to going Fines Free. And just the change in the attitude that people have had, we saw a huge increase in circulation, um, 6%. 
we saw a lesser increase in um, customers. So we have a, a small increase in customers using the library, and we have a bigger increase in items being checked out. So what that tells me is that we have a few more customers checking out a lot more stuff. So, you know, parents going home with 20 books instead of 10 books for their kids because even if it gets stuck under their bed, you know, there's no negative outcome to that. So that's really cool, just being able to be done with the year and say, yay, cool stuff happened. We had such an amazing conversation with the previous guest, we couldn't stop at 30 minutes. So this conversation will continue into the next episode. To listen to the rest and to find supporting information and links to other episodes, go to www.wrlsweb.org podcast. Thank you for listening to World's Wonders, a podcast of the Winding Rivers Library System.